Hey there, this is Pastor Terry. Welcome back to the Grace for Your Journey podcast. So glad that you're with us. If you're new, of course, welcome on in. We're in Matthew chapter 27, approaching the end of the chapter. Here's what's happened very quickly. The Lord has been betrayed. He's been taken before this mock farce trial. He'd been found guilty of nothing but because of the desire of the Jewish people. Pilate took him out. Remember, Pilate took him out with Barabbas. Who do you want me to release? Give us Barabbas, a known thief. We'd rather have a known thief in our midst than the one who healed the sick, caused the blind to see, resurrected the dead, fed the thousands. We'd rather have the thief. So the crowd got their wish. Pilate released to them Barabbas, washed his hands, indicating there's nothing wrong with Jesus. There was no real charge that could be labeled or leveled against Jesus at all. So that has happened. He was scourged. That means he was beaten. He was taken to Golgotha, the place of the skull, the hill, and there he was crucified. He died. And of course, the earth shook and and there was an upheaval in creation. The the temple, uh, the the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom and and the earth shook. And even the Romans, those who were non-believers said, this surely must have been the Son of God. So he was crucified. He was taken down. Now, in our last episode, we see that we saw that Joseph of Arimathea showed up, a religious leader, very wealthy man, and they laid him in a tomb, a known tomb, a public tomb. It was so public and so known that this happens next. And we pick it up in verse 62. Now, the next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees, these are all the religious leaders that wanted Jesus gone, gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, We remember how that imposter, talking about Jesus, while he was still alive, said, after three days, I will rise. Okay, a couple things right there. First of all, they call Jesus an imposter. What were they saying? One, Jesus was charged by being, of being the king of the Jews. And he admitted to that. He said, yes, I am. Now, not only is he king of the Jews, had Pilate expanded the accusation to Jesus, are you king of the world? He would have said, yeah. Are you Lord over all creation? Jesus would have said, yeah, because Jesus doesn't lie, because he's perfectly honest and true and all God and all man. He would have admitted to that. Of course he is. But he just simply asked, well, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus said, yes. So the Jews, understand, didn't want a spiritual king. They wanted an earthly king. So this is sort of odd standing in front of a Roman leader saying, hey, look, this guy's an imposter because the guy we're looking for, the real king, is going to whip you guys, throw you out of our land, and we're going to be our own nation again. (laughs) I mean, that's what they were really looking for. But they go before Pilate and they say, he's an imposter. And the second level was that he was a Messiah, the deliverer, the one who would bring freedom to all people, a light to all people. And they're saying, well, that certainly isn't Jesus either. So they said, okay. So they go before Pilate and he said, okay, this imposter said that while he was alive after three days, I will rise. See, they understood a little bit about what Jesus was saying. Now, many people thought they were, he was talking about the temple, and they used that to throw accusation against him. Hey, look, this guy's coming in Jerusalem saying he's going to kill the temple or destroy the temple. But right here, check this out. Right here, they did understand that maybe that's not what Jesus was saying after all. So maybe the accusations they leveled against him weren't necessarily correct after all. That he was really talking about himself, that after three days he will rise up. And of course, Jesus said that in a number of, number of places as well. We've looked at that. So here's what happens. So Pius says, therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day. 
lest his disciples go and steal him away, and then tell the people he has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. So here's what they knew. If Jesus resurrected from the grave, they're going to have to have an excuse for this because this will radically transform people's minds and hearts. There is no doubt the Christian faith today stands and falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. Without the resurrection, the Apostle Paul would later say, our hope is empty. He used the word vain, which means empty or meaningless. Our hope is worthless. It is about the resurrection. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees knew this. Now remember, the tomb is public. They know where it is. They're going to a Roman leader saying, send Roman troops to guard the tomb. So here's what happens. Pilate said to them, you have a guard. You have a guard of soldiers? Go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Now, they rolled the stone down in front of the tomb, about two tons, engineers estimate. It was rolled down sort of from, from a hill through a slot in front of the tomb. Now, that makes it incredibly difficult to move the other direction. That's why they did it. So they rolled the stone down, and then it says they sealed the tomb. What does that mean? That means they put a seal, the Roman guard that went, would have put a seal on the tomb, in essence saying, if anyone breaks this seal, anyone moves this tomb, you're going to die, your family's going to die, and all of your wealth will be forfeited to the Roman Empire. That's a fact. That's what it meant to violate the seal of Rome. And then they placed a guard. Okay, the guard was probably in two different groups. One, you would have had a Roman guard. That would have been as many as 50 people trained to defend against an oncoming battalion of soldiers. That's as many as 500 soldiers. 50 trained Roman legion soldiers would have been placed there. They would have developed uh, a perimeter. They would have set people around that perimeter to guard against anyone coming in. So they weren't just huddled around the rock. They had established a perimeter that no one could penetrate. Now, here's the second group that was probably there. The temple had Jewish faithfuls who worked for the temple as a guard. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees more than likely sent a Jewish guard there. We don't know how many that could have been. Could have been 10, could have been 50. We don't know. But to be sure, the Romans were there. The Jews were there. And the Roman seal said, if you violate this, then absolute horror is going to come on you, your family, and everyone around you. Jesus died for us. He was buried in a public tomb, sealed by the Roman government, guarded also by the Jews who hated him more than anything. Yet we're going to see very quickly that the grave could not hold our king. Look, trust the Lord today. Lean on him. Believe in the resurrection. And you're going to have unbelievable grace for your journey. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you so much. Jesus, thank you for your life, your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Because of that, we have life forever. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Looking forward to talking to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.